Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Eagles fans, this is Mike K from NJ Advanced Media, and welcome to the No Huddle Show podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Philadelphia Eagles. You can read our content on nj.com slash eagles, bookmark that, and you can subscribe to our exclusive Eagles Insider Tech Service, where we'll break news, give you insider observations, and provide in-depth analysis. Through Eagles Extra, you can send questions and comments directly to us, and we'll respond to your phone. With me today, as always, is my fellow Eagles beat reporter, Chris Franklin, and we are celebrating our 400th episode of the No Hunter Show podcast. Today, we're going to discuss the Eagles' tale of two halves against the Giants, the discourse on Jalen Hurts, and we'll celebrate the 400th episode of the No Huddle Show by talking about the Eagles' potential playoff push. But, Chris, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well, you know. It's it's 400, you know, for a lot of podcasts. Some people don't make it past 10, 20, and the fact that no huddles now going toward 400. I think that's for for us previous hosts and everything else is going along. I think that's a, that's a major accomplishment. And man, looking forward to talking to you in 500. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Uh, I want to say I've been part of like 200 of these or something. Or maybe I, I don't know. Whatever. I came Damn. in <laughs> uh, week two of. The 2018 season coming from the Jaguars. A lot of you guys already know that. I won't bore you with the details, but work with Zach Rosenblatt first. Um, and then obviously uh, Chris replaced Zach down the road uh, right before the 2020 season. So look, um, 400 episodes for me, this has been almost, well, it's been four seasons. Um and not the Frankie Valley kind. Uh, <laughs> All right, Jersey uh, boy. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but but I'm bumped. Uh, that's Valley with an eye. Um, <laughs> I've probably seen Jersey Boys like the movie at least six times. I think I've seen it on like in show form like twice. But anyway, uh, no, never seen it. Never no, seen it. It's really good. You should check it out. Uh, the movie is directed by Clint Eastwood. It's his, his only musical that he's done, but it's pretty good. Um, Christopher Walken's in it. Uh, All right. So anyway, um, let's talk about last night. The Eagles defeated the Giants 34 to 10 at Lincoln Financial Field. They've won three straight games. They've won three straight um home games as well after starting off 0-4 at home. 
Um, I hate to say I told you so, but this team at worst looks like a nine and eight squad. That's what I predicted before training camp. That's what I predicted before the season. My thought process was they have an elite offensive line. They're very good in the trenches on defense. They have a very weak road schedule, and they also have a pretty weak division. All of that is seemingly coming true, but I I just think, like, the Eagles are, and we discussed this last night sort of amongst the B group, the Eagles aren't a very, very good team. They're kind of middling, And middling is good enough to compete in the NFC East. It's also good enough to beat inferior opponents, and that's what the Eagles are doing. But there is a head-scratching problem that in the last three games, the Eagles have gotten uh, down early for extremely rough starts. Like, not just bad starts. These have been, like, brutal starts where – uh, special teams is messing up, providing uh, the defense with a short field. The offense is turning the ball over, creating a short field. A combination of special teams and offense is uh, forcing the, the, the defense to lose in the um, the the field battle, even if they're playing very well. I, and I think, you know, as much crap as Jonathan Gannon's gotten for his defense. Yeah, I know they're playing bad quarterbacks, but the defense has routinely been put in bad spots early on in games and still delivered and played well. That was honestly my biggest takeaway from this game. What What's your thought process, Chris? I'm the defensive guy. You're the offensive guy. What's your thought process on these slow starts by the offense? Where do you think they need to get better? Is it play calling? Is it execution? Is it both? What What's going on here? I think it's execution because when you look at the way that the Eagles started yesterday, that first play, the pass play, they wanted Hurts to get in the rhythm. It was like a short little out, short little out to the sideline, a very makeable throw, and they wanted to get into that. But it became a combination of either players were dropping the ball, Hurts not putting the ball in the right position. So I think that's the way that, that, that led to that very slow start. And the one thing I would say is, for the lack of better words, why not just, even if it results in a three and out, just run the ball the first three times, unless it's like, th- unless it's third and long, because that's what you, this team does best. There's no way putting, there's no way going around about it. That offensive line is the best thing that the team has going for it right now. And then it's always been throughout the whole entire season. And then all the other younger players started getting more comfortable and they started complimenting with that. The Eagles just use their strength. Just run the ball at first, first, first two, three times to get everybody settled down, get everybody into the rhythm when it comes to play calls and and, and hearing it, getting used to the atmosphere. And then from there you go, you take your shots downfield. I mean, the only time I think you should really take a shot downfield is it's an emotional game. You want to alleviate everything. You want to make a big play. Or it's like, say, if you're playing the Packers in the playoffs, something like that, you take a shot downfield just to start things going, just to try to, you know, alleviate the pressure and put the pressure on the Packers right off the bat. Something like that would make sense. But they, I think for here on out, just focus on the run. And I'd probably say in the first 15, they script the first 15 plays, probably have about eight or nine of them being run plays and just go from there. That's where I would go. Well, and that's combated, though, with the fact that Miles Sanders reportedly has a broken hand. He's getting an MRI done this week to to figure out if he has more damage and could miss games. Um, we already know that he's got a case of the dropsies. 
typically in the passing game. He's a very uh, inconsistent catcher of the football. Um, he's also had some fumbling issues. Uh, I'm going to guess, this is a guess, not a report, that he probably misses the matchup against Washington. We'll see. We'll keep you updated on NJ.com slash Eagles. We'll also keep you updated on uh, Eagles Extra, which you can sign up for free uh, by going to nj.com slash tax. Also, Jordan Howard has a stinger injury. And if you remember in 2019, he suffered a stinger injury that cost him basically the entire second half of the 2019 season. Um, he told us after he re-signed with the Eagles this offseason that he basically dealt with that injury throughout the next year as well in 2020. Um it looks like the running back group is going to be <clears throat> kind of, you know, turn on his head here down the stretch as the Eagles need to win at least one more game to make the playoffs. Um, Boston Scott has no problem being a starter. He's been the spot starter before. He does typically well against NFC East teams. I don't think that's the concern. I, I, I think the concern is depth. Kenny Gainwell has been a very interesting change of pace weapon. Um, I, weirdly enough, Boston Scott leads the team with five rushing touchdowns. Kenny Gainwell has four uh, and five total. Um I think they'll be fine, but I do think you need a thumper. Uh, I think Jason Huntley on the practice squad is probably not going to get the call up. My guess is they'll go outside and try to get somebody off another practice squad with a little bit of one cut ability. Um, I made a list on NJ.com. Uh, you can check that out of four guys, a few familiar faces on there. Um, do you think the running game will be greatly impacted by these two losses? Because it seems like the Eagles, no matter what happens, they could lose three guards and Miles Sanders could miss three games. Jordan Howard can miss two and they don't skip a beat. What, what's your overall take on, on these injuries potentially impacting the running game? See, I, when, my thing is not going to be the running game. I think that the, especially the one knock against Sanders, he dances around not of late. I'll give him credit. The last two, three weeks, the last two weeks that he's been running the ball, ran the ball really well. Yeah, he's been terrific. He's, he's been one cut and go. My thing's pass protection because you lost your two best pass protectors, in my opinion. Jordan Howard, I think, was the best pass protecting running back that they had. And then you look at Sanders, I'll probably put him right behind there. When it comes to Scott, he's okay. He's gotten better than we first saw him, so there's no problem with that. Gainwell's still trying to improve in that section. So I'm, I'm worried about more of the protection when they – eventually do pass me because you saw this guy there's been a number of times where you saw Howard and Scott uh, Howard and Sanders excuse me do a very good job picking up the blitzes when uh, the Giants were coming up there blitzing up the middle or even the past few weeks they're picking up some of these looks especially when he had the corners coming off the edge I'm worried about what do you do now you know Ron Rivera is looking at the situation now, and as a former defensive coordinator, defensive-minded coach, you know he's going to scheme this up, and you're pretty sure that everybody else is going to see what's going on with that. So I wonder how the Eagles are going to adjust with their protection schemes in line of that. Do they have to keep Dallas Goddard in more to block a little bit? Do you see more two tight end sets to try to offset some of that rush they have now because there's you don't have two better – you don't have bet, your better – pass blocking running backs. So I think that's more the thing. The running backs, the running game, I think there's won't skip a beat at all. Cause I think these guys play, they, they run more North South as opposed to Sanders do, but I'm more worried about the passing. Yeah, I agree with you in that regard, though. I do think you will see more 12 and 13 uh, personnel and passing packages. Um, 
look, I think we said this in our preview episode, but this Giants game wasn't really going to tell us a whole lot about the Eagles. Um, I, I think we we should get in the Jalen Hurts discourse because it seems like no matter what you say, you're offending one side of the fan base or another. You could say that he's a mixed bag. Um, listen, Jalen Hurts is improving. I think his vision is getting better on the grand whole. Um, I think his accuracy tends to be inconsistent. I think his ability to process the field is a tad inconsistent. I think he's a very smart player, but I think his reaction time is a a tick too slow. And that kind of doesn't set you up for success if, you know, your mechanics aren't great or if your arm isn't consistent, whatever. I'm somebody who leans heavily towards him being the guy in 2022, um, just because of the setup of the offseason, I don't think Russell Wilson's coming here. I think he's played well enough that if you went and traded for Deshaun Watson, given his off-the-field stuff, you would create a big stir, not only in, among the fan base, but nationally. And I don't think the Eagles necessarily want to do that. They might try. Um, I also think this draft class at quarterback is not particularly compelling. I like Kenny Pickett, but he's the only guy that's really stood out to me as far as being a guy that's worthy of a top 15 pick. Then you also have, you know, the fact that there are three first round picks and they all continue to slide as the Eagles, Colts and Dolphins all continue to kind of make their push towards the postseason, um, which kind of puts you out of the range of that top 15 pick. Um, I just kind of think you should build around the defense and maybe add an offensive lineman or so to the group with a premium pick and then build around him. But I will say if the Eagles start off the way they've started off against the Jets, the Giants and Washington over the last three games, they are not going to win games in the playoffs. In fact, I don't know if they beat Washington next week if they start off this way, even after Washington just got smoked by the Cowboys. What do you think – where are you at? Because you're the former QB, right? So what? where are you at with Jalen Hurts and his development? Where are you at with his 2022 prospects? I know he doesn't want to talk about anything beyond next week. We, he made that abundantly clear after the game against the Giants. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> uh, but, like, where are you at? Like, if he – do you have, like, a benchmark? Like, if they, he leads them to the playoffs, he's got to definitely be the guy next year. If he um, – you know, gets 20 touchdowns, he's the guy. You know, like, what's your parameter for him? Because I see a lot of people compare or say with Jalen Hurts, and I know I'm going on a diatribe here, but, like, I see a lot of people say, here are the quarterbacks that Jalen Hurts beat this year. Well, when the Eagles made the playoffs in 2019, nobody had a problem with Carson Wentz out-dueling guys like – uh, you know, um, uh, sorry, names escape me. Uh, like Dan- uh, rookie Daniel Jones, like uh, you know Ben Denucci, like, like or, or not Ben Denucci, but like Dak Prescott. Like there, there were guys that were not. Sorry, my brain is just completely fried, but. <laughs> The Eagles didn't beat anybody that, like, compelling uh, in 2019, especially down the stretch when they won those four straight games. Um, 
So I think it's it's one of those things where it's like you either like Jalen Hurts or you don't, and you're going to take whatever you see and mold it to your na- to fit your feelings. Uh, Chris, what do you think about this guy at this point? Well, I think it's not a matter of 2022. I think it's a matter of 2023 and beyond. For me, I think I think he's there already. I'm I'm bringing him back next year because. I look at, like you mentioned before, that draft class is not there. And I think he's played well enough that he's warranted playing it, being a 2022 starting quarterback. Has he played perfect football? Heck no. Has he played good football? Yeah, he has at times. And the fact that I think when you look at the fact, and I know we mentioned before the Pro Bowl stuff, which is just like, eh, but the fact that two-thirds of those people who selected him as an alternate and two-thirds of the people who selected the alternate were other players and other coaches. So I think that he's warranted, like if they're starting to see that, I believe he's warrants that that belief. He's gotten a lot better. I will say this. He's got a lot, his throwing motion is more fluid. He's stepping into the pocket a little bit more. He's climbing better. Would I like to see him use two hands more when he's escaping and, and running around trying to make plays with his legs? Yeah, I definitely would because we've seen it now a couple of weeks now where somebody swipes the ball at there and it goes on the ground. I think he still needs to prove that. But when you look at just the true passer aspect of it, when you look at his throwing motion, when you look at – he's he, when the guy doesn't have – he has a good arm. I put, it, I put it that way. And sometimes when you're throwing that, a guy doesn't necessarily have like the strongest arm per se. When somebody says, I say, some, when I think police somebody has a good arm, I look at not just the arm, but when he, the way he uses his hips, the way he uses his feet to step into throws. And he has that. A lot of times those throws that he goes, that goes short. He doesn't step. He moves around and he's in the middle of running and just flings it out toward the sideline. So I'm thinking he's done a lot better job of setting his feet more. And you saw that hit the Quez Watkins throw. I thought he did a better job doing that, throwing the ball that way. His decision making, and that's the one thing when you don't have. I, I look. I, I wish. I hope he's looking at like tape of like guys like Drew Brees as well too, as opposed to, uh, like just like some of the other quarterbacks. Because when Brees doesn't have that, didn't have that strong arm, like the strong like natural arm, like a Josh Allen. But what he did is he used his instincts. He used he he trusted his receivers to where they were going to be, and then he threw it in the window where he anticipated where they're going to be, and that's why I want to see more of him. Work on in the off season, the rest of this season, the off season, and the beginning of next year during training camp. Because I think that's where his biggest opportunity is. But as a, and I know everybody's shells everybody. And oh, he's a pocket. You have to be either a pocket passer or you can be a mobile quarterback. You can be both. And I think he's developed a lot better and more in the pocket than what we've seen beginning at the beginning of this season, heck, a lot better than what we saw, what I saw last year. So there's a lot of traits that you take away. I mean, nobody's ever going to question his, int- his intangibles, his leadership ability. I think he's that's never going to go away. The main thing you want to see is you see that develop as a passer. And he's make, he's trending upward in there. He's just got to make sure he, he just has to make me more consistent and execute early on. So he, to me, he's my, he's the QB one. For if I was the GM, he's my, he's QB one. I think it's a matter of is he going to prove that he's going to be it beyond just next year. Well, and, and I think the thing is too is I think it can be a year to year evaluation because he's on a second round pick contract. Um, you wouldn't really need, you can't. You actually can't extend him until after 2022 anyway. So it's essentially a two-year tryout. And I think that's the way to handle it because then you can enhance the lineup. Like, I I would be shocked if the Eagles spend three first-round picks in this draft. What I think they'll end up doing is – 
they'll use the first first round pick on a guy that they think is a top tier guy. They'll trade back into the second round with their second first round pick so they can get a 2023 first round pick, extend that juice, and then use their later first round pick to to get another premium player and then still have two second round picks. Anyway, um, but before we get ahead of ourselves with that, we need to talk about the, the push towards the playoffs. Now we're recording this on Monday. This is before the Saints and the Dolphins play. That's an interesting game for the Eagles, right? Because if, <laughs> if the Dolphins lose, that enhances their lowest first round pick. If the Saints lose, that makes the Eagles climb towards the postseason that much more, you know, convenient. Like, yes, the Eagles own the tiebreaker over the Saints, but if the Saints lose and then the Vikings lose next week, and on top of that, the 49ers beat the Texans, the Eagles just need to beat Washington to get in the playoffs. Uh, so I think that's extremely compelling, right? Yeah, it is. Why do I have I have this image now of you know that meme where the guy is sweating, holding his forehead, and he's looking at two buttons. I just have that image now of how he that same meme with Howie Roseman looking at both the Saints and the Dolphins, which one to push to see what he wants on that one. But overall, I I think even if the Saints win tonight, I think all the paths are trending to the Eagles anyway. So I really I think they're going to make. I think just all the paths are doing that, but. Overall, this team just needs to worry about winning itself because we've seen too many times where somebody's worrying about – we worry about the what if this happens, what if this happens, what if this happens, what if this happens. And then we see the team – this team, especially in Philadelphia, all these Philadelphia teams, they wind up losing anyway. So right. the main thing is they just got to focus on just winning themselves and because these <laughs> – all these tiebreakers – I think I missed this in the press box yesterday. These tiebreakers get confusing to begin with. It reminds me of that scene in basketball where you have Al Michaels and Bob Costas yeah. trying to go over through to sign, like, okay, which ones you go to? And they go to the lower. The simplest thing to do, win out your games. You don't have to worry about that, and you're in for the well, Eagles. So. And I think the Eagles are catching Washington at a really good time, right? Instead of dealing with COVID, they're dealing with like a disaster of a PR campaign. Not that they are any uh, strangers to that to begin with. Um, you know, Antonio Gibson, who is their dual threat. Uh, running back who's phenomenal. He's dealing with a toe injury, and you can definitely see he was slowed yesterday. Uh, Taylor Heineke was horrific in his return to the lineup. Um, was 7 of 22 for 121 yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions. He finished with a quarterback rating of 28.8 before being benched for Chris Allen, um, who went 8 of 10 for 67 yards and a touchdown um, against the Cowboys' backups. They lost 56 to 14. You have Deron Payne and uh, Jonathan Allen, who were teammates at Alabama and have been teammates. I mean, they've basically been teammates for the past 10 years or the better part of a decade punching each other. Um, Ron Rivera really has nothing to say. Uh, been a rough one for this Washington football team. Uh, and when you get when you allow another team to put up 56 points, I don't know if you can call yourself a football team, but um, (laughs) look, I think the Eagles will beat Washington. I think it will be close because that's just how the Eagles play. But if you look at the way that the Eagles defense has worked against mediocre to bad quarterbacks, you feel good about kind of where they're at. Now here's the thing over, over the last eight or since, since Detroit, they've allowed more than 20 points just twice. Uh, 
And that was 27 to the Chargers, which they lost 27-24. And then they allowed New Orleans to have some garbage time stuff, and they won 40-29. to um, But you look at this uh, against Detroit, 6 points. Against Denver, 13 points. Against the Giants, 13 points. Against the Jets, 18 points. Against Washington, 17 points. Against the Giants, 10 points. Uh, they know that they're they need to keep teams under twenty points and they'll win games because uh, this offense is 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 going to score at least twenty points in every game. The only time, the only two times that they haven't scored twenty points, they've lost, uh, and that was to the 49ers when they lost seventeen to eleven, and then they lost to the Giants thirteen to seven. But if they can if they can hold the team to twenty points. They feel really good about what they can do. They've scored over 30 – the team scored over 30 points. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven times this season. Um, that's pretty impressive. Also want to read this while, while I have you. Um, <clears throat> of the first-year head coaches, here's what it looks like. Brandon Staley with the Chargers, 8-7. and seven. Nick Sirianni, 8-7. and seven. Arthur Smith with Atlanta, 7-8. and eight. David Culley, 4-11. Robert Sala, 4-11. Dan Campbell, 2-12-1. Urban Meyer, well, he's he's fishing already. Um, uh. I mean, look, we I remember you and I laughing at the discourse on Nick Sirianni's press conferences. He's done an impeccable job. From an overarching standpoint, yes, there have been some hiccups. I thought his game planning uh, against Washington, or his opening script was not ideal against the Giants. Um, and I thought he should have moved away from it after he saw that Jalen Hurts was a little skittish. Um, but overall, Jalen, I mean, Nick Sirianni's done a terrific job. Donathan Gannon has done basically his job. He doesn't get to control who he who he faces on defense and they've just bullied these like inferior quarterbacks. Uh, the real test will come in week seven, week 18, excuse me, against Dallas when Dak Prescott's there. Oh wait, but Dak Prescott might actually not play in week 18. If, if the, the Cowboys can lock up the number two seed um, or the, or the Packers line up the, the three seed um, or sorry, the number one seed, my brain's everywhere. Uh, Chris, what's your outlook for these next two games? You think they beat Washington and Dallas? Do they, you think they split? You, you, you clearly think they're going to make the playoffs. How did they get there? I think, and this could change again. Cause I, I want to take a deeper dive. I know it was, it was an ugly drubbing. But I really, I really am worried about this next game against Washington. And it's not for the fact because of the personnel, because the Eagles personnel is going to be better than Washington. I'm worried about the, uh, Surround, circle the wagons. This is the last chance they have. Mentality, the team coming back. Rivera, not, and I think that was the right move on Ron Rivera. I think that's the right move. Not saying anything after the game about that. You handle it in house, and you use basically that that you know what whooping as a reminder. Going, listen, you guys want to still play postseason ball, even though that the seventh seeds basically made it for a mediocre team to still make the playoffs, but you guys still want to be in this chance to still have a chance to play postseason football. You got to beat this team right now who's standing in a way. And that's the type of thing that has me a little worried. Is it's not it's definitely not because of the personnel, because I think the Eagles are better than that. It's the we got we're playing for our lives mentality. So that's what has me on the fence about this game. I'm leaning still towards Washington, but eh, you know, I can waver way. I think that last game against the Cowboys is going to be a win because Washington won't. Have, I mean, the Cowboys, Dallas won't have anything to play for because I think they'll be locked into their 
into their seating, which could be the three seat. I, th- I think they're going to wind up being the three seat when all said and done. But I think they'll be locked into where they are and they'll arrest everybody because they won't have a bye week. So that week 18 will be that one. I, and I still think if that's the case, if the Eagles don't clinch 17, I think they, this game gets flexed to Sunday night football because it won't be our luck too. But I think it does because that'll be the winning end just basically on the history of the Eagles Cowboys. And we seem to see the NFL doesn't seem to have a, have a problem with a flexing game with only when one team has nothing to play for and another team does. So I think they're in that, but I'm, I'm, I'm I, I know everybody's confident next week. I just don't know just because of that Here, fact. Of the here's my cry. thing. He, here's what's scarier in facing Washington. Not that, Hey, this is their last shot. It's Hey, we, they have nothing to lose. They are not making the playoffs. Washington is done. They are done. Stick a fork in them. They are done as far as the playoffs are concerned. But there is no scorn greater. Well, I guess a a wife's scorn for Sega would be if you're playing too much Sega, I guess that would be. Um, (laughs) But when you just want to play spoiler, we've seen it year after year of teams that just have nothing to play for, just screw things up. We just saw the Texans screw up the Chargers push towards the playoffs. I think that's scary. Playing a team that has nothing to lose is scary. Um, But that said, I think if the Eagles come out and they can build a 10-point lead, there's literally no way they're going to lose the game. Um, That's the problem with these teams, with the Giants and Washington in particular – they're not a team that can put up 20 to 23 points at will, right? The Eagles are the type of team that can put up 20 to 23 points at will um, for the most part. I think, you know, San Francisco, there were a lot of missed opportunities and flags uh, and discipline issues against the Giants. Obviously there were four turnovers. I mean, realistically the Eagles, should have scored more points than they did yesterday. Um, Jake Elliott missed a 41 yard field goal. Uh, you know, there were some stutter steps in, in the red zone. I, I just think when you look at this, this overall team, right? Like they're going to have a winning record on the road this season. They're five and three right now. I, they play very well on the road. I think, you, you were going to be far pressed to to find a huge drove of Washington fans in this stadium at FedEx Field on Sunday. Um, you even have Washington reporters saying it's going to be nauseating how many Eagles fans there are. I actually think it's nauseating that it you have to spend most of your life in FedEx Field during the winters. But uh, and the pipes don't burst either. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, oh, man, I cannot wait for Chris to come to this stadium. This is going to be – just make sure that you guys listen to this post-game pod that we are going to do because we're actually going to bring our mics to Landover. I hadn't told Chris that yet, but this is breaking news to him. We are going to bring our, our mics to Landover, and if the Eagles win, we are recording that night after dinner. And we – I'm going to dedicate at least five minutes to talking about FedEx Field and Chris's just overall view of FedEx Field because it is the worst. Um, We are talking to you guys again, uh, recording, before uh, Nick Sirianni's press conference. We told you about Miles Sanders. We told you about Jordan Howard. Um, I believe Nate Herbig suffered a minor injury, had to leave the game, as did uh, Kayvon Wallace, who had a hip injury. And something you'll notice – 
the guys that are getting injured are typically guys that have already been injured before. You're not seeing like a ton of guys miss like huge, like, you know what I mean? Like Kayvon Wallace gets re-injured. Jack Driscoll gets re-injured. Um, I just Sam Otto's always had injury issues. Brandon Brooks has always had injury issues or, or has had injury issues for the better part of the last four years. Um, you know, Miles Sanders has already missed three games. Jordan Howard's already missed two games. So these are guys that are consistently injured. Like you're not seeing guys like Quez Watkins or, or Jalen Rager or uh, Devontae Smith or as everybody knocks wood. Um, you're not seeing Jason Kelsey. You're not seeing, uh, you know, guys like that. So I think that in a way that's a positive note. Uh, the Eagles have stayed relatively healthy for the most part. Um, I think this is a good matchup for Jalen Hurts um, because now, you know, Kendall Fuller will be back, but William Jackson's been dealing with an injury. You've got um, this defensive line doesn't seem to be in sync. Uh, if he gets time in the pocket, I think this is actually a game where you can throw. Um that's kind of where I'm at. We'll have a bigger preview later on in the week, but as we hit the 32 uh, minute mark, um, Chris, uh, what are your final thoughts heading into these last two weeks of the season? We're heading into a new year. This might be the last time we talked to the No Huddle Show audience. Bef- well, no, no, I guess not. We'll, no, we'll, we'll have another bad. show. Yeah. You know me and my math. Um, but <laughs> that's what my English majors. <laughs> If the Eagles, okay, here you go. If the Eagles have a New Year's resolution for these next two games, what is that resolution? Boom, I love it. I came up with a segment off the top of my dome. On the fly, nice. Uh, It is, in my opinion, to not read their press clippings and actually, you know, start. You know what? I'll take that one back. I'll go with basically saying, you know what? We're going to actually, you know, blow somebody out within the first half and then you know, make the game easier and just rush to focus on rushing the pass for an arrow out because it's, we've seen this team play extremely well when they're up ahead a lot late because it seems like Jonathan Gannon is not as reserved and he he's you've seen a lot more blitzes as well too. And besides, I want to find my I want to see my new uh, Matt Leo and, and Cameron Malvo. So yeah, I want to see more. I want to see more of the. Uh, I want to see these team gets out to big leads and not have so many questions when it comes to there because they it should not be worry about down 10 nothing to Washington it should not be 3-3 against the Giants heading to the half so uh it that if I'm that's if I if I'm the Eagles and if I'm Nick Sirianni says our new our new year's resolution is to make sure we get out quicker to quicker starts and in opponents early in games that's where I would go what's your resolution I would say to continue to reward the players that stick their neck out and do the dirty work. We saw Lane Johnson catch his touchdown uh, against the Giants, and that clearly meant a lot to him and his teammates. We saw Greg Ward the week before uh, have a couple of really major plays. His teammates loved it. I think when you look at guys like J.J. or single Whiteside, you look at guys like Teron Jackson, you look at guys like um, you know Hassan Ridgeway and all these other guys, put a lot of trust in them because they will deliver. We've seen it time and time again, and I think that's 
uh, a really good culture uh, building exercise to reward guys for a job well done. Um, I think Nick Sirianni has been extremely consistent with that. We saw um, we've seen Marcus Epps to take a really big step in his playing, uh, you know, his snap count and also his performance. We've seen Alex Singleton step up at times. Uh, he had the pick six there. Um, I know he's had kind of, he's dealt with a lot of adversity this season. We've seen TJ Edwards ascend in the starting lineup because he's played well. Um, you know, Milton Williams and Teron Jackson are getting more playing time in the rotation. If guys aren't delivering consistently, it's time to push those guys aside for the guys that do the grunt work. And I think, look, JJ or single white side, it'll go unnoticed, but it doesn't go unnoticed by the coaching staff. Nick Sirianni even pointed it out. Kenny Gainwell fumbles the opening kickoff and JJ or single white side's right there to make a huge play. If he doesn't make that play, the giants are in scoring position to start the game and, and their kickoff to start a, to start a game is, you know, squashed. Um, you know, Jack Stahl is a guy who blocks really well. I, I saw, I've seen Tyree Jackson ascend as a blocker over the last couple of weeks. Uh, I just think when you're rewarding guys with, with targets, when you're rewarding guys with opportunities, look, this isn't a Hallmark special, but those guys have shown that they'll stand up for the and, and deliver. Um, you know, shout out to uh, Louis Diamond Phillips, but... Um, I think that's important. I think that's important for long-term locker room morale. This is a young team. Look, everybody's going to praise Jason Kelsey. Everybody's going to praise Lane Johnson. Everybody's going to praise or criticize Jalen Hurts, apparently. A lot of people are going to praise Devontae Smith. But it's the guys that are in that like kind of 35 to 53 range that are doing a lot of the grunt work that goes unnoticed. And I think every now and then when you reward them, that makes the entire team better. Uh, I think you saw it in the uh, game last night uh, with Dallas and Washington. Dallas was smoking Washington. They pulled their starters. Uh, Cooper Rush hits uh, a massive play to uh, – what was it? It was Malik um, – hold on one second. I can tell you what his name is. I, I don't want to – because it was an incredible play, but it was in garbage time. And – Zeke and, and Dak Prescott were celebrating like, you know, it was New Year's. Uh, and I just think that – oh, Malik Turner. Uh, he had a 61-yard catch. But, like, I think that that's so big for morale, especially when you get into the playoffs because, look, there are going to be times where Boston Scott's going to have to – to carry the ball 15 to 20 times because other guys are injured. We've seen what happens when you reward guys. And then the spotlight's not too big for them. You look at a guy like Jannard Avery, who has been ridiculed for the past three years. Excuse me. He was the guy that forced the pressure and and the errant throw that Rodney McLeod picked off uh, to get into scoring position and help the Eagles essentially run away with the game. Um, you know, he also had a great run stop on Saquon Barkley, who has about as much burst as I do at this point. Um, Jeez. <laughs> like, I just think when you look at this team, they're so likable internally. Like, you know, I, I remember I got a text message from a player uh, up the other day about Greg Warren, and I said he's got to be a top five most likable guy in the locker room. And, and the text message was easily, um, 
you know, I think Landon Dickerson has really stepped up. I think you see the way Jason Kelsey talks about Sua Opeta. These guys like each other. They're rallying around each other. And I think a lot of that is due to Jalen Hurts. I think Jalen Hurts' mentality and his ability to never get frazzled, at least emotionally or mentally, is really important. And I think that's why you see the Eagles perform well in crunch time. I think that's why you also see them performing extremely well in the second half. This is a second half team, which is really good in the playoffs. You just can't be a nondescript first half team, right? And so as I go on this diatribe and, and, and continue to talk, uh, I want to let you guys know about uh, Eagles Extra. You can sign up for two weeks free on nj.com slash text. The playoff run coming. You're not going to want to miss any of the exclusive analysis or news that we provide on the text app. Make sure you sign up. Eagles Extra, nj.com slash text. Also, you can subscribe to the No Huddle Show podcast wherever podcasts are available. Uh, this is our – typically we go – around 25 to 35 minutes we're we're about to hit 40 uh, on this one but that seems appropriate given that this is our 400th episode um for chris i'm mike if we don't get to your ears by new year's happy new year we hope you guys really uh, are having a great holiday season we hope you hang with us for the rest of the season and hopefully the postseason uh all the way through the draft and what have you if you're a longtime listener we appreciate you guys constantly uh giving us great feedback um again hope you had a merry christmas hope you guys have a great new year hopefully this year coming up is your year certainly feels like it's the Eagles year um, after a a down year. So they could potentially be in the playoffs for the fourth time in five seasons. That's a pretty good, you know, that's pretty, pretty good. Anyway, talk to you guys soon.